Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. Hello everyone and welcome back to the channel. I feel like I've seen the question posed in the title of this video quite a few times now, and as hype for Breath of the Wild sequel builds, I'm seeing this question come up in conversation with non-Zelda fans more and more. So today I'd like to answer, or get close to answering, the question, what makes Breath of the Wild 2 such an important game to Zelda fans? Honestly speaking, there could be a thousand answers to this question. Of course, I could note them all down with a reason and why each thing is so important, but that would simply take too long. So instead, I'll be looking at a few things that I personally think makes Breath of the Wild 2 so important so far. And I'd love to hear what you have to say down in the comments below. And while you're down there, if you want more weekly Zelda content, then please do consider subscribing to ensure you get more Zelda videos from me. Plus, your recommended will begin to overflow with videos from other amazing Zelda channels. Enough of all that though, let's get into the video. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was literally a breath of fresh air to the series that I and a ton of other people feel was a much needed change. That's not to say that the games before Breath of the Wild were bad though, far from it. If you watch my ranking video of all of the games, you'll know that I love a few of the games far more than Breath of the Wild. But we were definitely falling into a pattern. Ocarina of Time comes out, it's the first 3D game in the series, most people love it, the story since then is history. Majora's Mask comes out, some criticise aspects of it, but to this day, people love it. Wind Waker comes out, despite the final third of the game feeling fairly rushed in my opinion, it had an amazing overworld, and so, people loved it. Twilight Princess comes out, the dungeons are really good, and I personally love the story to Twilight Princess, people love it. Skyward Sword releases, and while the game wasn't appreciated as much as the others earlier on due to accessibility issues and the like, people definitely appreciate it now that it's on the Switch and motion controls aren't necessary. So, to begin, I'd like to talk about what made Breath of the Wild special. After the rather polarising Skyward Sword, it seems that the Zelda team decided to do a complete 180 on the formula that they'd been building up on for the last few years, and finally ditched the pattern that I feel was slowly becoming obsolete in the eyes of young people. Thanks in no small part to games like Grand Theft Auto, Fallout, The Witcher and many others, these games were simply appealing more to new gamers. And while I still loved and do still love the linear formula of Zelda games, I won't mind admitting that the Zelda team, in terms of the market climate at the time, made an objectively good decision to garner sales. Especially after Skyward Sword, which some complain was too linear, even if the story ended up being easily one of the best in the series in my opinion. So the main thing that made the original Breath of the Wild so darn special was simply the fact that it was the Zelda we all knew and loved, but in an open world. Also introducing the 3D set of games to a complete open format. No longer did you have to do dungeons in a certain order, go to a certain place when you're told. Now you do what your heart desires. If you get the paraglider and decide, hmm, I want to fly towards those couple of mountains over there, then you can, which of course is the open world part of the game. The interesting thing here is that Zelda games have technically had open worlds in the past, but you weren't really allowed to enter most of these places until you had the correct item to scrape past a wall dropped in front of you by the devs, meaning that each game was ever truly open once achieving completion, especially in the case of Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. So being set free like this really was the next step to the series. To reuse an old phrase, the way to give us, the players, a breath of fresh air. In a series that when it came down to it, had two forest temples that were named the Forest Temple, and really about five forest themed temples and other temples that had been reused thousands of times. Okay, maybe not thousands of times, but you get what I mean. 
It was time for a change, and the developers recognised that. Or at the very least, they recognised what the rest of the market was doing and decided to copy them, which worked wonders for Breath of the Wild. So now that we've established what made that game so important, how could Breath of the Wild 2 possibly be any more important when it comes to new stuff? Because, presuming we have more of an open world in the next game as well, what can really change within that? Well, my friends, it's time to actually get into the topic of the video after this very long opening sequence. One of the first things that I think is making the game so important to me at the moment is the fact that it is a sequel. Sequels have come and gone for a couple of Zelda games now. For example, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks were technically sequels to Wind Waker, though they weren't 3D sequels. Majora's Mask was a clear sequel to Ocarina of Time, but that was many years ago now. We can't really use that as our basis as to why it shouldn't be exciting. And oh, look at that. Technically speaking, we haven't had a sequel in the 3D series since Wind Waker, though there's even an argument to be made there. What I haven't talked about on the channel at all though, partly since my friend Nehru has an amazing video on the topic that I actually got to look at the script for before it went out, so take a look at that video if you want more details. But there was actually a plan in place after Twilight Princess's release to create a real sequel to the game, and when pitching this to higher ups and mainly Miyamoto it seems, they basically said no. Now make something that's fun and can use this new peripheral that we just put out. So they did, and so forth is the tragic story of Link's crossbow training. And while Link's crossbow training is amazing comic release, I would have loved a sequel to my favourite game in the series, but how exactly does this relate to our story, the story of the sequel to Breath of the Wild? Well, it teaches us that when the team pitched the idea of a sequel to Breath of the Wild, the higher-ups looked at the number of units sold, saw that it surpassed the previous highest grossing game in the series that they had denied a sequel for, and said, yep, we're gonna leave you to this, now go and do a good job. And in a big picture kind of way, it also teaches us that Nintendo's mindset when it comes to actual sequels of games on the same consoles has changed, and also hopefully their mindset when it comes to peripherals. Because it's been a while without one of those weird peripherals being bundled with a spin-off game of a main series like Mario or Zelda now. Anyway, weird tangent over. The point is that this is actually a sequel to one of the most well-received games in the series, and that in itself makes the game doubly more important than most before it. And it could also mean a very bright future when it comes to sequels in the series. The next reason why I find this is important would be the fact that the game seemed to be trying to tell an overarching story, and as I implied earlier, I love stories in video games, and I think specifically in Nintendo's games they should add more story bits. While Zelda games have always done a good job with it, other games such as the Metroid games have done an even better job of it in my opinion. Even Skyward Sword, my personal favourite story of the series, isn't the best story in the world when you look around at all the other games that come out on a yearly basis. Now, the thing is, we could all easily get our hopes up here when it comes to stories in Zelda games, and especially when it comes to stories in both Breath of the Wild and the sequel to it. While I think the way in which they told the story in Breath of the Wild was a good in a lot of ways, exploring the world and looking for specific places in the map to further your knowledge in the story always felt very rewarding to me personally. I also think that the story had some pretty deep flaws, for example, the ending, like the whole ending. I won't spoil it, but I personally didn't like it all that much. Also, the story kind of happens without any input from the Hero of Wilds. So, it all kind of just happened a hundred years ago with the Hero of Wilds. So you're hearing all of these champions talk about, wow, I'm so cool, I can pilot a divine beast, I can murder hundreds of problems with my bare hands. But we never once got to see this in-game. Some will say that Age of Calamity fixed this, and I actually kind of agree with this viewpoint, since we did get to see the champions in action, but at the same time, I personally feel that's something that they should have sorted in a mainline entry. So while I do have a few gripes about Breath of the Wild's story, I will say all of this bodes sort of well for the sequel. 
Now that we presumably know all of the memories of the Hero of Wilds, we can make up the assumption that we are going to be at the forefront of the story in the next game, and if the theories that have been floating around are anything to go by, the story could end up being an amazing epic with a ton of characters, but again I will say I'm cautiously optimistic. Through what we've seen so far we could be getting anything we want, but the only way to know if it is what we want is to wait, at least for a story trailer anyway. There are a ton of ways the story could go, but the story of the last game running into this game definitely makes this entry a whole lot more important to me. Even if it does end up just being a story about saving Zelda again, which I'm hoping isn't the case, but it's looking more and more likely, though it isn't confirmed just yet. So as I said at the beginning of the video, please do tell me in the comments below why Breath of the Wild 2 is important to you so that if other fans come to this video, they'll be able to check down there and see even more reasons. Anyway, thank you all so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed, then please do support me by leaving a like rating and subscribing. The people you can see on screen right now are my Patreon supporters, and they are just perfect people. Look at them. And Sumji is especially amazing for being my top paying patron. Just look at the Triforce colored name. Thanks so much for the support guys, if you'd like to join them then you can for as little as £1 or $1.50 a month, the link to my Patreon is in the description. Along with that link is the link to the rest of my media platforms, so follow me on them to keep in touch with me. Now thank you for listening to that episode, if you enjoyed it please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. And don't forget to check out my YouTube channel of course, there's loads of Zelda content waiting for you, just search Triforce Trends. Thank you for listening.